tuned in to Word of Mom Radio here on the Word of Mom Media Network. Welcome to the Village Vision Podcast, where community collaboration and care converge. I'm Dr. Crystal Morrison, and I'm honored to be your host on this incredible journey. As a firm believer in the power of a united village, I'm thrilled to bring you inspiring stories, research, and projects that break down barriers in child and family care. Through heartfelt conversations with experts, advocates, and those with lived experiences, we'll showcase the transformative impact of collective support. So join me on the Village Vision Podcast as we explore the remarkable collaborations that lead to better outcomes, foster a sense of community, and inspire action to improve care for ourselves and everyone around us. On today's episode, I'm here with Eric Jorgensen. Eric is a Navy veteran, so huge thanks for your service. He's also the founder of True North Disability Planning. True North's mission is to help their clients navigate the disability planning landscape, informing them of what they may be eligible for, how to apply, and how to keep those benefits. Eric is also the co-host of the Bully Brain podcast, where he and his co-hosts talk about how abuse and trauma impacts our brains and how we can work to heal from trauma. So welcome, Eric. Thank you, Crystal. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. Well, as everybody can tell, I'm a little bit losing my voice today, but we soldier on, don't we, Eric? <laughs> we, we soldier on. <laughs> you and I have had the opportunity to talk on a few different occasions, and it's no secret that you and I could jam about all kinds of different stuff, but we won't go there. We'll try to stay on task. We'll try to try to stay focused for this podcast. I want to talk about your current work, the things that you're doing right now, in addition to, you know, being a single dad. I want to talk about some of the things that happened personally and professionally that led you to the work that you're doing today. So can you share with our listeners a little bit more about that story or the portions you want to share anyway? <laughs> no, sure. Absolutely. I, I've gotten used to sharing it. It's been 11 years now, so a lot of the The wounds have healed over, if you will, right? So I retired from the Navy back in 2012. I was supposed to retire in June. I ended up retiring in December because my wife got sick in April. Well, sick in March, passed away a week later in April. It was that whole time frame just kind of, and you know how things go when there's a crisis, everything blurs together, right? Yes, I do. She got a real rare disease, spent a week in the ICU, took her off life support, and then just tried to figure out my new normal. When my wife passed, she had been the full-time caregiver of my son. My son was 12 at the time. He is autistic. He's got uh, some other challenges. Mm-hmm. And prior to that, I was a geobatcher. So I would go, I would be gone and come home every, you know, three or four months, come home for two or three weeks and be gone again. And then from 2010 to 2012 was when my wife and I were living together again, trying to make everything figure out what it, what it was like for me to be a dad and how to integrate me into a house where I wasn't really doing much because the worst thing I could do would be when I was gone, come home for two weeks, upset the routine and leave again. Sure. Um, yeah. So it was much easier to come home and just be very hands off. But that meant when she died, I had no clue what to do. Wow. And, yeah. you know, there's the caregiving side, but then there's also the preparing your child for, you know, high school and life after high school and, and everything. So the caregiving side, I'm not very good at, and I, I don't ever think I'll be very good at. But the planning side, I'm a planner by nature. So I, when I started looking into that, I'm like, why is this so hard? Initially, I became a financial planner because I thought that's where my, my talents would lie. 
Right. You know, and, and my wife and I hadn't done any financial planning, so she had died with no, with not enough insurance. You know, all the things you hear everybody else talk about, right? It's, it's yeah. just like a broken record. But it wasn't scratching the itch. There was still things I was finding out about that nobody else seemed to be talking about. Medicaid waivers, like what the heck is that? Why do I need to care about that? You know, in, in Maryland, there's something called the autism waiver that there's about a 12 to 13 year waiting list. Well, by the time I got my son signed up, he was 13 years old. So it's a 12 to 13 year yeah, waiting list. Yeah. And wow. it's, it's really for children under the age of 21. So, you know, it's meant to you sign up when they get a diagnosis and, you know, needless to say, my son didn't get it, but it was like, why didn't anybody tell me about this? Or sure. did somebody tell me and I didn't hear it because they didn't say it in words I could understand. So that led to me starting a company called Special Needs Navigator, which is now True North Disability Planning. Right. And the whole point of that was for people that didn't want or didn't need financial planning help, how could I help them plan for their children and, and prepare them for when their children transition from high school? And that turned into building roadmaps for every state. It, it turned into making sure people understood what SSI and SSDI was, what the differences were, all of those nuances. And so I would do that on the side of finance and then financial planning primarily and, and just try to help people as much as I could for free. But there's only so much you can do when it's not really your job and you're you're trying to fit it in with work and then being a parent and everything else. So it, it wasn't really being done well, right? It, it's as so often when you have so many competing priorities, the one that isn't paying you or, or isn't causing very much pain is the one that you're putting off to the side. And then I got cancer back in 2020. Everybody knows what happened in 2020. So my son had surgery in February of 2020 because he had a concave sternum, pectus excavatum, I think is what they call it, where your, your sternum's pushing against your heart and lungs. Okay. So he had surgery to fix that in February. He was in children's hospital for three or four days. And then he had a titanium bar in his chest for a couple of years. That wow. came out last year, I think. Yeah, but he came out of it like a trooper. I mean, he was released a day early because he just did everything they needed him to do. And, and he's, it's, it's had a lot of impact on his – he's got more stamina now. He's, he's able to do more walking around. I mean, before he would sit down after a couple steps or whatever – and then in March, I had surgery for a stage two melanoma where... Wow, March of 2020. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> March of 2020. There's a um, lot going on then, wasn't there? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the doctors were in shift work. So the doctor that did my original consult told me, well, we're going to move your surgery up because, you know, the week you're having it, I'm not on shift. So because they were altered, they weren't keeping doctors in the hospital. So I went in and they, uh, if you can imagine drawing an imaginary line from the bottom of your ear to the bottom of your left of your lip, they removed everything above that on the left side of my face. So they basically took off the left side of my face, not to be too graphic, and then pulled all the skin up from my neck, pulled it up to replace what they had cut off. <laughs> yeah, people tell me they don't see scars. I see it every time I look at it, but there's a... She tried to follow natural lines of my face. So, yeah. you know, my, my left eye is puffier than my right eye because she cut along the eyelid. And then there's a like a, a more pronounced laugh line on the left side of my face going down between my nose and my mouth. Okay. But other than that, people can't really see it. But, you know, that was a pretty invasive surgery. I mean, you know, I was on the table for seven or eight hours. And then because it was COVID, they sent me home to recuperate. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah, I went home the same night. Wow. 
Yeah. I, yeah, I yeah. hadn't even thought about that, honestly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I so, guess it kind of makes sense, but then it doesn't. <laughs> right. So they had my fiance doing the drain and stuff, and they were showing her how to do the drain in the parking lot of Johns Hopkins Hospital. Wow. Like, she wasn't even allowed in the hospital. They, they wheeled me down my wheelchair, put me in her car, and then had, sitting in the parking lot, they were showing her how to do this. It was surreal. Drive through surgery. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was invasive surgery. I mean, I have I have four picks, and I used to call myself, you know, Frank and Eric because it was just it was, it was pretty rough. So I was recovering from that because I wasn't jumping right back into work. You know, I'm I'm hard headed, but even even I have my limits. <laughs> you know, and it was like I I don't want to be in financial services anymore. I just don't. There's people that are doing it better than I am, and I I still see a need that nobody else is addressing. So. As one does in the middle of a pandemic, I started a company and, and, you know, incorporated what had been, you know, just a website and me kind of giving advice here and there and incorporated it into a full-blown, I'm going to help people Mm full-time, so I'm going to do. And that's where I really fleshed out the roadmaps, you know, that you can get now for every state. And they're they're like my pride and joy, right? They're that, it, it was a labor of love, but it took me a couple of years. You know, then I helped, and I helped people figure out what am I supposed to do? So that's that's how I got from leaving the Navy thinking I was going to be a Beltway bandit or consultant or something. Right, right. You know, using that clearance I had yeah. to, you know, so immersed in the disability space, I never thought I'd, I'd be there, you know, and, and being on your podcast and, and talking about the disability yeah. advocacy and things that we've talked about, it's just, it's it's really unreal how your life can just take a major shift. And I'm sure you've had this with your other guests. More often than not, the people that are most heavily involved in disability space is because they've been personally affected. Because they've lived right? it. Yeah, they've tried to navigate it and yeah. gotten very frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's that's how I got to where I was and where I am now. And I've shared with you this this year has been a little challenging because sure. trying to get my son into a residential placement not into a group home because he doesn't want roommates, which makes it more challenging because I have sure. to find a place that will give him an apartment. And, you know, just dealing with another medical issue. Sure. Um, you know, so for the listeners out there, the reason I'm saying this is it's not like Crystal and I have it all figured out and, and you know, everything just falls into place for us. Absolutely um, not, yeah. I mean, but sometimes it can look like that, right? If you're on the outside looking in mm-hmm. and, and it's like you look around your house and you're like, everything's on fire. But I, I go online and, or I'm listening to a podcast and they've built this company and they're doing well. And I just wanted to let people know it, there's stuff happening behind the scenes, too. <laughs> yes. 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 I mean, you right now at this moment have things going on in your home behind the scenes. I right now at this moment and over the past several weeks have had significant family crises going on that you and I haven't talked about yet. But it doesn't turn off. And the other thing that you and I have talked about before, even though we have spent a lot of time individually navigating the system of care and figuring some things out, it is still completely and totally overwhelming for me individually. And I'm sure you individually, you're just talking about the challenges you're having with your son and getting placement. You know, just because you have a disability planning resource guide for every state in the United States, which, by the way, if you're listening, they're absolutely amazing. That is a resource guide. But doing all of those things in the resource guide also take time. 
It takes an insane amount of time coordinating care and talking to different people. And it's utterly exhausting. And it's different in every state. It's different within states in different counties, different cities. So it's, you're right. It's not that we have it figured out. Maybe we have a little bit more experience navigating it, but it is still incredibly overwhelming and there's no easy way. Yeah, and you still need your tribe or your team or whatever language you want to put sure, around yeah. it. And then you, I had to, I had to, you on my podcast, I, I don't know when this will air, your, our, your interview mm-hmm. with me will probably air in January. And in, in when I talked to you originally, it was like, oh, I don't really have anybody. But after I, after I talked to you, I'm like, but I do. You know, right. I, there's no way in heck I could do this alone, yeah. you know, even though it feels that way sometimes. Yeah, yeah that village. And I talk, you know, all the time about the power of the village and leveraging the village. And I talk about it so much, primarily, Eric, because I'm trying to remind my freaking self that I have to ask for help. And I'm guessing you're probably very similar. But, you know, I spent a very long time trying to do it on my own, trying to, you know, being that single parent, trying to navigate everything, everybody by myself. And, you know, my, my mom, was here a few weeks ago. And, you know, as I mentioned, we're having a very tough time. And, you know, maybe 10, 15 years ago, I would have really stressed out about my mom trying to clean house and cook and all of that. And I basically turned everything over to her. I'm not arguing with you, mom. I need your help right now. So whatever you do, I'll be happy with it, right? But it is, even when we have those support systems, even when we know about the system of care and theoretically how to navigate it, it's still hard to ask for help. Yeah. I mean, my fiance is in this world. She runs the residential program of a different County. She's Mm -hmm. with the Ark of Montgomery County and she runs. So she knows this better than I do. I mean, in terms of what my son's, what I'm trying to do with my son. And yet when she offers to help, I almost, my first reaction is almost to bite her head off because no, I've got this. You know, and it's like, wait, Eric, what are you doing? I mean, seriously, man? <laughs> yeah. She, she does know what she's doing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. just that, that, I guess for me, it comes down to, I've got to have the answers. I've, you know, I'm, I'm this national resource. What yeah. do you mean? I can't help my own kid. Yeah. And that's how it feels. I mean, I know yeah, how ridiculous, yeah. I mean, you know, once, once you take a step back and, you know, put the ego aside, it's like, well, no, dude, you, you know, this is a different animal than what you, what you consult on, what you help with. You, mm-hmm. There is no shame in saying you don't know. Sure. And if you were sure. working with somebody, you would say, ask for help. <laughs> yeah. I yes. But again, we're not, not so good at that. I did want to pick a little bit at one of the comments you made about, you know, you had this idea, you know, maybe 15 years ago that you'd retire from the Navy, you'd be a Beltway bandit doing consulting, you know, much like you. Uh, I know we've talked about my professional background. I thought that I would be doing science-related work in defense, as I had done for a long time. Uh, I moved into industry, but, you know, both of us had, you were in the Navy, of course. I was at a national lab. But, you know, both of us were in very, like, technical, intense, defense-related, or for you, defense environments. And here we are today because of very real needs and challenges we faced in our life doing something completely different and unexpected. I, I never would have thought that, ever. In industry, here we are so differently funded, right? In the defense industry, there's money out the sure. zoo. Sure, sure. 
you get into social services and you're begging and borrowing and fighting for every little scrap. That's right. That's right. What might be cast aside in the military in one day might keep a nonprofit organization alive for five years, you know, you know, not having to scrounge, being able to really get what you needed was something that we dealt with in those work environments. Although heavily bureaucratic work environments, we had to navigate, you know, other things. And maybe that's part of what Eric makes us good at navigating these things. It's because we've had professional careers where we were presented with challenges and we had to find a way to solve those challenges. We had to find a way to navigate the system around us and what we were working with to solve those challenges in front of us. And then in our personal life, we are presented with a whole other suite of challenges. And there we get, (laughs) there gets us to today. (laughs) Um, It's not that simple, as we both know. But yeah, it's been a journey for real. So I wanted to, you know, I know we're going to have to start to wrap up, but tell us a little bit more about these disability resource guides. Because for those of you who are listening, I want you to go to his website, truenorthdisabilityplanning.com. There is a disability resource guide for every state in the United States that gives in-depth details about the resources in those states and how to navigate the system of care. How did you create those? Every time I look at them, I'm just blown away. Uh, how, How did you create those? How did you get on that path? So it started with, I found a checklist somewhere of of things you should do, but it was just a bare bones checklist, nothing like what I have now, but it was apply for SSI or whatever, right? You know, a a one or two page checklist of things to do. And I'm like, okay, well, this will get me started. But then as I'm trying to do things with my son, I'm like, how do I do this? Why isn't there anything that shows me where to go? Yeah. So that led to me creating a Google Doc and, and just adding links as I figured out where I needed to go. And then I turned that into a Word document and said, okay, I need to outline what I need to do. So what I've tried to do and with varying degrees of success is when you go into the roadmap, it starts with a visual map of what the state looks like. So it'll be just be the outline of your state, whatever the sure. contours of your state are. And every state has at least one Medicaid waiver. So what I've done is I've listed all of those waivers on the first page or two pages or three pages of your state based on this is the organization that manages your waiver. Here's where you go. So Medicaid in California is called Medi-Cal. So it'll be Medi-Cal and then, you know, little waivers for the Medi-Cal. And that's because I want, if there's, families probably don't care about that, but the professionals working with the families do. They're going to want to, or maybe you have families who want to really dive deep into it. So I want to give them the the source information for those engineers or you know or people like that to go do dig deep, and then it goes into a timeline. You know, and a lot of this I've hired people for because I'm just not artsy. Not that these are very artistically created, but they're better than what I could have done. So a lot mm-hmm. of it I I contracted people to build, and just paid them to build out my ideas. So the next line is a timeline because. If you have a child who's six years old, you shouldn't be worrying about guardianship. And in many cases, you shouldn't be worrying about SSI. What you need to be worrying about at six it would be the IEP, the 504 plan. Right. And then start, as your child gets to be 13, 14, start thinking about transition. What I've been beating the drum about is no matter what age your child is, if your state allows you to, 
apply for the Medicaid waiver in your state as soon as you get the diagnosis. Now, in Louisiana, you can't. You have to be 13 or 14 before you can apply for the waiver or whatever. But in most states, you can. And more importantly, there's things called Katie Beckett waivers that some states will have that can apply for children under the age of 21. But if if nobody is telling the parent that because they assume the parent knows or like my case manager will say, well, what do you need? I don't know. Right? I have no idea. And, and how many other parents are out there getting that same question? So I'm like, well, next time the case manager asks you, take the roadmap and say, tell me about this. It's an audio podcast, but I'm holding up in my left hand, I'm holding up like a mock paper and playing with my right finger saying, you know, show me this. Here's the resource guide. Where, where are these things? Yeah. Right. Because now when a case manager or social worker or whatever it's called in your state comes to you, and says, okay, Mr. and Mrs. Family Member, what do you need from us? You can say, well, I'd like to learn more about my state's Medicaid waiver. I have this application, but I don't understand X, Y, or Z in the application. Right. Because what I've done is I've, part of my frustration is not knowing where to go to get something when somebody tells me to do it. Yeah. Don't just tell me to do it. Tell me how to get there because I don't necessarily have the bandwidth to go looking. Sure. You know, whenever possible, I've added links for you to go and either apply online because they don't have a paper application or get the application. Some states are actually able to include the application in the roadmap. So if you're like me and you're worried about screwing something up, you like to fill it out first before you actually do it for real. So I like to include an application you can you practice on, or if you're not an English speaker or your English isn't your first language, you can take to somebody that can help you translate it. Sure. Not every state has other languages. Mm-hmm. And I didn't print it in all the other languages that were available, so just look for it. But that was the premise of it is, okay, here's a checklist. Here's where you need to go. Here's how you do it. And then I started realizing there's other things that I didn't know about when I did my first run of roadmaps. The Affordable Connectivity Program and Lifeline, which are ways if you have a child on Social Security or Medicaid, or not even a child, if you have an adult, you can get discounted cell phones or Internet, which maybe not a huge deal, but every little bit helps, right? So I'm paying $45 a month for Internet right now because my son's on Medicaid, so and he lives with me. So I went from like a $90, $100 a month to $45, I think. And again, it's not going to make or break anybody, but it's every, you know, death by a thousand paper cuts. So sure. if we can help alleviate some of that. And then I found out something, some states will have something called the Medicaid Health Insurance Premium Payment Program. Okay. And and what that is, is if you have a family member who is on Medicaid, then your state's Medicaid will pay for your employer-sponsored health insurance. Now we're yeah. talking six or $700 a month in some cases, right? Right. If, if yeah. you have health insurance through an employer, it could be six, seven hundred dollars or more. And there's states that, that that you can apply for. Now, I'm not saying it's easy. Sure. I'm not saying you're going to get approved. Yeah. But there are states out there that will have this, and you can apply for it. And again, that can have a real significant impact on a household's budget. Absolutely. Very. You know, and but nobody's talking about it. Everybody's right. talking about able account or special needs trust, which are important. Right. But they're not the full story. Right. Right. So I, I went on a rant there. I hope I answered no, your question. No, no, it's, it's extremely helpful. And, and to the point we were talking about earlier, Eric, some of the things that you mentioned, I had no idea about. And and so, you know, as we wrap up today, really want to encourage, like we said, everyone to check out 
Eric's website, truenorthdisabilityplanning.com. He has every single one of these resource guides available on his website for very reasonable fee. And they're absolutely something that you can use to inform yourself, to, as he said, take to different people that you're working with to get more information, to force them to tell you about things that maybe you don't know about. So this, this is an incredible resource that is available that, honestly, I, I have never seen anything like it available out there. And the amount of work that's gone into this is really tremendous. And there's no other resources, again, like this. So, Eric, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been an absolute pleasure talking with you. Thank you, Crystal. And I'm glad your voice was able to sustain itself with the launch of your new book. we got to plug that. Oh, that's right. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I didn't forget, but yes. <laughs> yes. So we thank you. Thank you. Today is November 30th that's it, that we're recording. This episode will, will come out in February of 2024. But today, November 30th, is the launch of our new book called Superheroes on the Spectrum, where we talk about not only awareness of neurodiversity, but acceptance and also celebration of the gifts that neurodiversity has brought to a lot of our lives and how it's given us a different lens to see the world, right? That would be a good companion to get the roadmap to work yes. with their with their professionals and they get your book to help themselves and, and get a better picture. Absolutely. You have the personal stories about what people have done to navigate the system and then you have the resources with the roadmap. Very, very good. Very good. Awesome. Well, I'm grateful again that you shared your story and your experience with our listeners today. Thank you, Crystal. This has been a lot of fun. Wonderful. Well, thank you for joining us on this episode of the Village Vision Podcast. I hope you found inspiration and valuable insights from our conversation today. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, leave a review, and share. But thank you. Thank you for being a part of the Village Vision Podcast on Word of Mom Radio. Take care, and let's keep shining a light on the power of community, collaboration, and care. She is sure. She is sure. She is strong. She is strong. She